0: Hi, friends. Logan Clements here, your co-host with the Better Events Podcast. And in this week's episode, Mary and I get the opportunity to sit down with author and founder of the Rising Tide Society, Natalie Frank, to talk about one of the biggest themes I feel like that comes out of this Better Events Podcast, community over competition. Now, we think Natalie kind of founded this idea, she might tell you otherwise in our interview, but she is someone who has dedicated her career to helping empower other small business owners and people around here, and just teaching everyone that we are all stronger together, especially those that you might think are your direct competitors, they might be your best allies. So we sit down and we talk to her all about what community over competition means. Is there ever a downside to it? And what are you gonna say if someone is hesitant to making that switch, as well as what comes from unlocking that beautiful power of your, of your community? Well, we hope you enjoy listening to this week's episode. And as always, we do want to encourage you to share this episode if you're enjoying what you're hearing, or consider leaving us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Taking the one, two minutes to write something out for us is just so impactful. If you're someone who also just wants to send us an email, those are great too. Well, enjoy this week's episode.
1: Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. We are so excited that you are with us today. And we are even double excited for our guest that we have today. We are going to be talking about community over competition with Natalie Frank, which if you have been listening to us for a while, we drop this phrase all the time. So hopefully you're familiar with it, but today we're really going to deep dive into
0: that. So Logan is going to introduce Natalie. Yeah, and I feel like that we're again like we said we're very excited listeners because I feel like Natalie is the the founder of the hashtag community over competition. I feel like we've never been able to claim it, but we've run with it and loved it. So, just to introduce Natalie for you, Natalie Franks an author, community builder, neuroscience nerd and mama bear for small business, as one of the founders of the Rising Tide, the chief evangelist at Honeybook and author of Built to Belong, she leads tens of thousands of independent business owners while fostering a spirit of community over competition. Around the world, which again, oh, it all resonates. Natalie, is there anything else you want to add to that lovely introduction? I'm
2: just honored. I'm honored to be here, and I love when you were like, I think she's the founder of the hashtag. We we might have like started it, but it's the world's so like this. <laughs> this hashtag is meant to be used, shared, and claimed by all. So I'm I'm excited too to hear that you've been using it and um, that you agree with the idea and the mindset. And I'm also pumped to get into it today and really, really talk about what it means.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we kind of do a little bit. We already mentioned why why we're so excited to have you on here, but um additionally, we do an event professionals book club and we read your book Built to Belong as part of that book club. I think a couple months ago, yeah. and it was great. So we so we all read it and then we get together and you know have a discussion on it and it was an awesome discussion. I think this was our first book. It was the first book.
0: I yeah. will say yeah, one and two. I thought that was a great way to kick off um at the, the book club because it is a lot of people who do very similar things who I think, um you know, outsiders might realize why would they all want to hang out and split ide- share ideas and swap stories. And so I figured that was a great kind of tone setter for the book club.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you also attended a virtual Rising Tide Society. Gone to
0: a number of Rising Tide. Yeah. I will say the Rising Tide became a great resource for me during the pandemic when everybody went virtual. I loved the programming and Again, in a dark time for event professionals, I felt like it was a lovely light and outlet to just feel like you weren't alone. And all this kind of resonates with with your book and the theory, you know, all of community over competition. But Natalie, how would you define community over competition?
2: Community over competition is a mindset where you acknowledge that there is competition, first step, right? But you choose consciously and intentionally to put people before that competition. In this case, we say community. It is sort of a, an evolved idea of people over profit when it comes to the corporate space or even just seeing ways that we can elevate the needs of us as human beings above the needs of the company. And at first glance, it feels a little bit uh, counterintuitive, right? It like feels a little bit um, almost the opposite of what you've been taught when it comes to how to grow a business. However... And I know if y'all read the book, you know some of this already. There is evidence, and we've seen this play out over the last decade that I've been you know, kind of cultivating this and growing this alongside Rising Tide, that believing in community over competition and holding this as a mindset in your life and in your business leads to more success. And not just success for you, but also success for those around you and for the community that surrounds you. And so it does you know, lean into this idea of You know, a rising tide lifts all boats. And in the case of community, this opportunity for us as a collective and seeing ourselves as a collective to support one another in the pursuit of elevating an industry. And in this Mm -hmm. case with the events industry, it could not be more perfect because you are in an industry where, you know, there's an immense amount of pressure. Um, It's a constantly changing and evolving market. And the ability for event professionals to come together and to share knowledge and expertise to charge what they are worth and add tax to that number, to be able to communicate with one another and elevate the standards, right? The industry standards that exist, it benefits everybody. And so I'm excited to talk a little bit more about it, but I think it comes down to people first and community over competition.
1: Yeah, You're here. (laughs) And what was that like pivotal moment when you were like, okay, we can do better. Like we can build this community because – um, I think you've mentioned that like we're stronger together, like that mindset. So when when did you realize that this was something that we needed to focus on? Yeah. So I think there were two things in particular. One
2: was I had been growing my business for, at the time, probably about five, six years. And I checked off every success metric and box that I could. Like grew it well into the six figures range, uh, succeeded in my small market, Um, And I was a photographer, which I didn't mention. And I did all the things I set out to do. And I got to this point in my business where I just felt so unbelievably alone. I felt so isolated. I didn't feel like I had community with people who truly understood what it was like to, you know, be my own business owner. And um, that was sort of a pivotal moment because I think I recognized, hey, the way we've been operating, it's not working. It's, It's detrimental to our mental health and well-being. It's limiting, like there's no way I can continue to live this way for the next 10, 15, 20 years. And we see right churn in the event industry as well as multiple other industries that fall on the periphery. Like I think, you know, weddings and creative and you could kind of keep going out and out and out. But this churn starts to occur and it's not just that the business is failing. It's not the only reason people stop running their business more often than not, if you already defy the odds that are stacked against you as an independent business owner and you are deep into your career, one of the main reasons people stop is because they fall out of love. They get burnt out. They are exhausted. Like they don't want to do it anymore. They're like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm tired. And so I recognized, I think in that moment that that was my trajectory. I was going to, you know, succeed in all of the ways that the world told me make a successful business. And I was going to fail myself. And so that was a, that was a pivotal moment. And then I think the other one was recognizing that the more time I spent around independent business owners that did something different from what I did and did the same thing that I did, there was such a powerful opportunity to bring um, diverse perspectives to the table to learn from one another. And you know, somebody would say one thing that would save me from making a five figure mistake somebody would say another thing that would save me from having to learn and ab test my way for 6 months to uncover. And it was as simple as just someone, hey, oh I tried that and you know I learned this or hey, did you hear about this update on Instagram and how we're going to have to transform our content creation strategies in order to reach like those sorts of nuggets when there was this ability to share that and not to feel like you're operating from that place of scarcity and fear and we can get into that, you know, of of revealing that information, but instead of saying, hey, if all of us market better or if all of us run better businesses, it elevates the perception of our entire industry and it elevates therefore the opportunities that will be presented to us in the long run. Um, I think I just started to uncover that both from a personal mental health and wellness perspective, and from a success through collective care and community knowledge sharing perspective, that this mindset really does have the ability to transform how we grow and how we operate, you know, in our spaces.
0: Yeah. And I think that's so important, you know, thinking about even that burnout piece, just, I know for me personally, a lot of it is just feeling seen and hearing that other people, you know, we have social media so prevalent and you, you get the highlights of how everyone's doing and everyone's, you know, shiny and happy. And it's just kind of helpful, especially no matter the industry, but as a small business owner, you can feel like you're very alone. And I think that's, um, you, you dive into it more in your book. So listeners, if you have not read "Built to Belong, please go re- listen to it for kind of that pivotal moment for Natalie. But um, I know for me, that has just been something that's super helpful just to hear that what other people are struggling with and like, oh yeah, I'm struggling with that too. Um, right. And just feel validated that way. But um, how did you start the Rising Tide Society and how did that tie in with everything you're talking about with community over competition?
2: Yeah. So all of it happened right around the same time, the hashtag, the kickoff of the community. And it was really simple. Like today you can look at it and be like, okay, that's a behemoth. And we were acquired by HoneyBook. So it's it's a part of a much larger movement that we're working on together. But at the time it was, hey, let's not do this alone anymore. Let's get together. And how are we going to do that? Well, let's plan a meetup at a coffee shop in our hometown and just invite creative business owners at the time. We've expanded even beyond that. But, um, you know, it was like, hey, if you run some sort of creative independent business, you know, event industry as well. And because I came from the wedding industry, which again is like a small niche of the larger event space, uh, come, just come and let's chat. And that's where it began. It was truly that uh, that authentically grassroots. Uh, we hosted uh, our first meetup in Annapolis in the early spring of 2015. And folks on social media saw it. You know, we were posting about it on Instagram and there were so many other independent business owners that, you know, were like, Hey, wait, hold up. What are y'all doing? And I want it. Like, what are y'all doing and how do I do it here? I want that here. And it was just as genuine as that. And we started to realize, okay, there needs to be a framework that allows people to raise their hand, uh, to create their own group and meet up and like Bleed it, you know, and, th- and there was nobody just giving people permission that they didn't need, but I think wanted to have and wanted the support and the guidance and the resources to do well uh, in cultivating these micro communities and giving that that, uh, you know, autonomy to the local leader, not having it be something where you're bound by, um, you know, so much rule and regulation and structure of like a, an old, um, I think of like the old, you know, BNI networking groups that still exist and some of them still thrive, uh, but they're very traditional and they're very locked in and there's a way that you do things and you have to do it exactly that way. And uh, we wanted something a little more freeform and flowing. So it was, you know, recognizing the need in our hometown, just working to solve that here. And then people seeing it growing and then building out the frameworks that we still to this day are iterating on and improving to help others facilitate that same meaningful connection.
1: Definitely. You're making me giggle because I was a part of BNI for a little while. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just I mean, leave like, it at that. I'll just leave it at yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Many of us have been and yes. many of us, anyone who
2: has kind of just knows what I'm talking about, whether you oh, love it sure. or don't. Exactly. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. It
1: is a very specific thing. And yeah, you know, there's some there's something for everyone. Check out Rising Tide Society listeners if you're yeah. interested. There's there's one like Logan's so here Seattle in Seattle, chapter. so there might be a chapter yeah. near you. So just check it out and see see what you're interested in. But um absolutely. And so, you know, you've given us so many great thoughts so far and we love tangible tips for our listeners. So like what are some examples of community over competition that apply to event professionals? How can they like enact this? Yeah. So the first thing I would
2: say is it's got to come back to mindset. You know, I think that oftentimes we will be like, okay, give me the like, give me the business tactics. What am I? How do I collaborate? What does it look like to, you know, trade business? How does it look like to refer? Do I need to? And we can get into that. But before all of that, what precedes it is mindset. And it's about truly analyzing how you view other people in your industry. How do you feel about them? And how would you like to feel about them? And I'll give, you, I'll give you one more mindset question. You know, a lot of times someone will say to you, where do you want to be with your business in five years? What would you like to do? I think it's the wrong question. And I've always thought it was the wrong question. Instead, in terms of mindset, I would say tactically ask yourself, how do you want to feel in five years? Mm. Not where do you want to be? Because where you want to be is flawed. You could be making $10 million a year and like I said, be completely miserable how do you want to feel? And beginning with you and how you need to feel about your work every day when you get up and you, you know, show up for your clients or you show up, you know, in the spaces that you, you occupy, how do you want to feel? Uh, And you start there because I guarantee you, you'll start to identify things that aren't serving you anymore. One of them being a scarcity mindset. And it's often at the root of so much entrepreneurial strife and so much pain that we experience because we approach, whether it's relationships or clients or, you know, even how we're strategizing on social media for the future from this mindset of there's not enough to go around. If they win, I lose. And I can't possibly, you know, relax and open my, my mind to the opportunities that exist. I have to be like, I don't need... My ideal clients. I need all of the clients. I need everything. Anything that comes through my door, I gotta win. You know, it's like yeah. it's like this 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 fear based mindset, uh, and shifting into one of abundance. You can still be competitive as heck. Like be fiercely competitive, and yet still understand that if you lose, you know, uh, one client and it goes to somebody else that client was a better fit for somebody else. And rightfully so, it allows your calendar to be open to an opportunity that could be awaiting you that you would have had to turn down for the wrong client. Like It's about shifting that mindset. So how do you want to feel and getting to the root cause of of what may be causing some of that strife in in your current existence? And so scarcity and abundance, um, that was coined by Stephen Covey. And it's just, it is, it, it underlies so much of it. And then, you know, I would also add going back to that I I said earlier on, you know, be aware of how you feel about other people in your industry. Um, I mean it. It's easy to hear that and to say, okay, well, like, yeah, okay, great. yeah. But do the darn thing. Like, actually take five minutes and think about, if I say to you, who are five people that you compare yourself to that are comparables in your space? Give me two people, not even five. You can think of them, no doubt. You can think of people uh, that are comps in your space that are doing similar things, Um, and I would just say like, how do you really view them when you see them on social media? Are you looking for points of comparison? Do you see them and think to yourself, oh gosh, I wish I could do X. Oh, how are they accomplishing Y? Oh gosh, they're doing so much better. Why did this get so many more views? Oh, they booked that client. Again, that is a fear based scarcity mindset being kind of manifested in how you're viewing those other people you got to flip it around. And the minute you start to flip it as a side note, that's where these, these sort of secondary benefits start to come in. So how would you approach that differently? Well, tactically, you know, you see those comparables in your industry that are doing somewhat similar things and you cheer for them. You celebrate them. When you see them succeeding, you say, okay, amazing. If they can do it, so can I, right? You flip the script Um, In the psychology space, it's called cognitive reframing, but you flip the script in your own mind and you kind of re-anchor your truth such that it's not they're winning, I'm losing, and you're in a constant battle of always falling behind, and that leads to that feeling of burnout. But instead, we are rising up. We are taking the world by storm. We are innovating the event space. We are coming back from COVID. We are not going to fail right? Like that feeling of we're in this together and the ability for you to celebrate the wins of other people, it's going to start to fundamentally shift how you navigate the world. It's going to fundamentally shift how you show up on social media because people can tell. People can't tell when you are in a space of abundance, you are also in a space of creativity. There is nothing that kills creativity faster than high pressure, high stakes scenarios. And I'm not just talking about, you know, again, like in the book, we talk about the science of competition and I'm not just talking about that. And I'm also not just talking about comparison. I'm talking about the neuroscience of how your brain operates. When you are operating from a space of fear and adrenaline, and cortisol, it is completely at odds with what your brain needs to be plastic, what your brain needs to be creative and think outside the box and be playful. They're literally the opposite. They're like this, right? So so what I'm saying is flip the script, look at one another as sources of inspiration, as examples of what could be and celebrate and also support, right? If you see somebody struggling, offer support. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to lean in and and you'll just start to notice this fundamental shift in how you're operating. And then that leads to all the other tangible things around, you know, collaboration opportunities. Be looking for ways you could potentially collaborate, um, referring business if you are booked or you can't take on a project. Build that list of folks you like to refer to, and make sure they know, right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't just assume they know where the business is coming from. This is a big point. Like, make sure they know you're referring them business. Make a habit every six months, or maybe it's an annual review of your referral list, and reach out to them and say, hey, just a heads up. I have you on my referral list for clients that are in XYZ space. I know that's what you specialize in and you know if I have folks that I can't take on or like how is your schedule? Do you have the capacity, you know, in 2025 or 2024 whenever they're booking, you know, to take on these types of clients? Let them know. Because what that starts to do is it builds again this fundamental underground foundation of a relationship that's rooted in mutual benefit. And Mm. I say mutual because it's not just about helping their business succeed by sending the referral. As we all know, when you send a good referral or you step in as a thought leader and an expert in your field, it is well-known. It is immensely well-known. So even if you can't take a client but you give them to somebody or direct them to somebody who is extraordinary as well and they have a wonderful experience, that benefits you. That client's going to say, well, I tried to book so-and-so who I love, but they, they were already booked because they're in high demand. And so they referred me out to XYZ, who was also incredible. And again, it, it just demonstrates like the industry is full of strong professionals rather than, you know, just like letting somebody float. And they're going to say, well, I got ghosted by everyone. Why does no one in XYZ event professional space ever respond? Why does nobody in that space, you know, like nobody gave me the time of day. Why is that? Yeah. Are they not perfect? No, 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 no. We don't want that. We don't want that. We want we want them to say, wow, like that was such an extraordinary experience that it raises this bar. It raises the bar for everybody. And it, it kind of creates a very positive sentiment, not just for you and your business and not just in your immediate space, but in the larger vertical in which you
0: operate. Yeah. I mean, when you say this podcast is a product of community over competition where Mary and I do very similar um things. And it was one that because of COVID, I found out that she, we were both going to be bidding on the same event scope for Mm -hmm. a client. And I called her up and we had a conversation that was like, why, instead of going against, why don't we pitch it together? Because we have complementing skills, very, you know, similar skill sets, but slightly different. Cause at that point it was kind of like some works better than no work. Like it, I didn't feel like I, you know, it, it didn't feel as mutually beneficial. And then it's led into, um, so many other events that we've done together. And then this podcast has come from that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like for listeners, there's always – you don't know where it's going to go, but a lot of what you're talking about, Natalie, I feel like really resonates because it has done nothing but build up my personal business. It's built this podcast. Oh, yeah. I know you've benefited from it um, from having a lot of, like you're saying, like your values in your network. And so you're like, I want other good people that I know so that, yeah, I look good when I refer them out or bring them in on something. Um, it kind of all, all – uh, filters into each other yeah absolutely and
1: i i wonder this too because sometimes i have come across folks who who need to read your book because i just feel like they're not as invested in this idea um and it's and it's i i almost like want to take it up on myself to convince them of it i'm like no 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 you don't understand this is so important here's why um so what would you say to like those people that do have this like if you're us and somebody we try to invite them to be part of something and they're like nope i'm that's mine. I'm going to keep it to myself. What do you say to somebody like that? Or is it even worth worth the time to try to convince them? Do you want my nice answer or do you want my hot take? Cuz I'll take. give you my hot take. We
2: want the hot, hot take. take. Okay? All right, here's my hot take. You're going to get left behind. Cool. You don't want to be a part of community? That's fine. But you're going to be left behind. Because the world is moving at such a fast pace that if you are not surrounded by other people in your space who are innovating and being creative and learning alongside you, you're not going to have access to those insights. You're not going to have access to those referrals. You might not notice it today, but I guarantee you a year from now, you will not be anywhere near where you could have been. Had you been a part of that community, I guarantee you that the business you're going to miss out on because other people are going to share with those who are investing in true relationships, not just walking into a room to network and wanting to get something out of other people, but stepping in and saying, not what can I get, but what can I give? If you're not in rooms like that, you're not going to benefit from that. So I, I, and that's my hot take. It's a little edgy. It's a little like mama berry, but it's the truth. Mm -hmm. I believe, and by the way, I believe it. I've seen it happen over and over again in my own space. And again, I've been doing this now for 12 years. I've been running businesses and I look like I've seen it over and over again. The people who are like, I'm not going to work with you. I'm going to clench my fists and grip onto what is mine. And it is not anyone else's. It is mine. They are the exact same people right now that don't know how to adapt with Instagram's algorithmic changes. They're the people who've maybe stopped doing anything. Like they've just quit. They've given up. Not to say that you have to keep up, but they don't even know where to begin. They're frustrated. They're bitter. They're angry. I've literally seen this play out over and over again. And the reverse is so much true as well, right? Like the folks who are like, hey, I don't know if I want to make a reel. Like, I don't know if that's for me at all. But I know that if I choose to, I have three people that can help me out and tell me how it worked for their business and whether or not it returned the ROI, you know, or like, hey, I I don't know what's changing in terms of accessibility at events and what we need to have in terms of how to be a more accessible and inclusive space. But I know that we're going to talk about it in this next Rising Tide meetup. And I'm going to be surrounded by other events professionals that are asking these same hard questions and trying to level up our industry. If you're not there, you're left out, right? You fall behind. And it is, it's a little edgy and it's a little bit of a hot take, but it's like, you don't have to convince them. You don't, but at the same time, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste, honestly, like we don't have enough, we don't have enough time in the day. Y'all, we don't have (laughs) enough time in the day. Like, let's be real. You don't need to be running around trying to convince people. I think it's, it's important to say, Hey, we don't share the same values on this. Like, and that's okay. And if you ever change your mind, I'm not going anywhere. If you change your mind, you're always gonna have a seat at the table. Like I, this is not a click; this is a community, right? Like if it, we'll just get another chair, we'll pull it in. You're always invited. Um, but between those in the community, I think it becomes really clear. Like those who aren't a part of that idea, sharing and support will fall behind, and it impacts their bottom line. It's not just a feel good, you know, uh, conversation that we have. Like we say, community over competition. I think sometimes people roll their eyes. They're like, yeah, that sounds nice. No. That's how you scale. That's how you learn. That's how you fight for one another when the entire world shuts down. And they say you can't even do the very thing that you do, right? Like think about the pandemic as a case study. And I'm like, think about the pandemic. Who came, everyone got hurt, okay? Like in the event space, we all got knocked down. But who came through the strongest? Who's still coming through the strongest? Right? It's those who are in community with one another. It's those who are fighting for and supporting one another. And it goes so much farther beyond from when we lobbied for PPP, when yeah. the government came out and said, here's PPP, and it got snatched up in a heartbeat by businesses that didn't really need it. What did we do? We got back on and we started fighting for it. And I say we, because that's literally what we did at HoneyBook. We, we abandoned all things and started <laughs> lobbying and started calling who we knew. We're like, our members can't get access to PPP. This is the problem. Like, you can't say this is for small business, and now this event professional can't get access to PPP because Ruth Chris got access to PPP,
0: yeah. right?
2: Like, and so we fought. And what happened? They replenished PPP. And and like, there there are so many instances like that, big scale, small scale, local areas, you know, nationwide, international conversations that are happening um, where being a part of that community gives benefit to the whole, right? And it moves it forward. And if you're not a part of it, you're going to fall behind. And that's their choice
0: yeah no i'm very intrigued to get your take because um one of the things we have both mary and i are based in the seattle area and there's this thing called a phenomenon called the seattle freeze which is based on the nordic roots of seattle that they tend to be everyone's very friendly to your face but then uh Mm -hmm. there's not usually follow-up is really the the kicker and i got my start in events um internationally in china and i had a i I feel like i knew community over competition before i knew that was a thing just because That was the people I was around were just bringing me in on things. And I was very collaborative and just, again, being like, I'll be on your team. I don't you know, I'm not promoting myself as my own company. Like, you know, I just want to learn and soak things in. And then I came here and had a lot of it was hard not to take it personally from having what felt like a lot of productive meetings that didn't lead to anywhere where a lot of people said the right things in that meeting, but in, you know, have not actually enacted it. And then COVID happened and I got to expand my network to people all like the beauty of virtual. I've now gotten to work with people who have that same mindset all over the country. I call them my Avengers because they're amazing and superstars in their own different ways. Um, so I know, is that something you've realized? Cause with rising tide, you're not just in one location. Like, have you seen that as like a region? It's had a different impact regionally or, um,
2: yeah, look, every – so the way I look at it, every community has its own culture, right? And part of what rising t- – and, and by the way, you know, when I say culture, like I think sometimes, like, oh, culture, people just think – they immediately take a paintbrush and they paint a big picture. Co- community culture can be neighborhood by neighborhood. It can be city by city. It can be metro by metro. It can be state by state. It can be, you know, different dividing lines that we all are aware of if you live in the U.S. like you can be like, okay, there's north and south, and politically – they vote different, right? Or like, you know, they they dress different even. Like the things I used to wear in San Francisco, y'all, I came back. I lived there for two years. I came back to Annapolis, Maryland. I walked down the street in my black leather jacket, my black ripped jeans, and my black shirt, black on black on black <laughs> with black matte shoes. And when I tell you the Lily Pulitzer wearing, friends of mine, <laughs> like looking at me going, girl, you got to change. Like you cannot, you <laughs> cannot walk around like that. Whereas if I had been in San Francisco, my point being there are these microcultures. Um, and yes, so you're going to, you're going to figure out, especially as you grow and scale, like what they look like and what their strengths and weaknesses are. And part of what this is all about, what Rising Tide has always been about is making waves. And so it is about going into these sort of, you know, the Seattle culture where it's like, I, I don't know what to do with the freeze, but yeah, you know, where you identify, like, this is kind of problematic, you know, like, this is not cool that we see this engage where everyone's kind, but, the, but it's, but not, right? Um, yeah. And how do we change that? And starting to identify folks that align with that, and that could be in Seattle or as you're, you know, chatting about, it could be finding people beyond that, which, you know, look, we're moving towards a, a world where geography no longer binds us in the way that it used to, right? Like we're moving towards this more, uh, you know, globally agnostic space where whether you live in Seattle, or you live in D.C., it doesn't really matter if you do the same thing in the same industry because the plane ticket's about the same amount, which is a million dollars right now.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and so, the, you know, the idea being like there are more opportunities than ever, truly, and more ability to work with people that share those values and that align with those values. And so I'd say it's a yes and. I would say yes, you know, find folks that align with that. And if that's in a different region, great. And... Work on ways that you can kind of channel some of that and and bring some of that into those spaces where that isn't the case because nothing's a lost cause and I you know I've seen that like even now when we say community over competition it's funny some I was talking with somebody about a year ago and they were telling me they've been doing this for you know maybe fifteen years uh, and she's an LA based planner and she was saying to me that with newcomers they just accept certain things that 15 years ago were so unheard of in the industry, the way people support each other, being one of them. And saying that like this movement over the last seven years has made such shifts that if you just started today, you would assume that's how it's always been. That like you can just go into a meetup and meet people that do what you do and people are willing to help you out. She's like, that was the opposite. It was the literal opposite. It was like if someone saw you from across the street, and you were at another coffee shop, like they, they would like stare you down. There was like hatred mm-hmm. and animosity. And so I say all that to say like nothing's a lost cause as well. So know that when you start to identify those parts of the, you know, business independent culture that doesn't align with the values that, you know, you believe are really core and critical, like community over competition towards um, bettering the space. Don't give up, you know, start small and start by sharing like, hey, this is how I operate. And maybe you are the one that has to initiate and maybe you have to initiate more than you would like. And maybe, you know, you uh, do follow through and someone else doesn't, you know, don't give up. Keep trying because again, what will happen is people that align with that will start to group together and they will benefit from that. And then other people are going to look and say, oh gosh, is that the industry standard now? I think it is. And I don't think I am making the cut. And so I think, I think, again, it's like, yes, it feels good. But also at the end of the day, a lot of us are independent businesses or we work for companies that have bottom lines that need to be like, you're either, you know, growing or you're not. And the reality is that this mindset isn't just feel good. It does help with growth. It really does fuel success. And I think, you know, people will see that and they'll identify if they're no longer, um, on the rise, like no longer a part of that that collective advancement that we're all fighting for in our industry.
1: Absolutely. I feel like I'm like all fired up, Logan. I don't know about you. I'm like ready to take this to the world and it's been so so valuable to have you here. So thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to add though before we end today?
2: Yeah, look, I would just say don't be afraid to lean into community uh, and if you don't see a community, create one. You know, Rising Tide is a great example of a community that with my co-founders we've created and it might be perfect for your needs and what you want. So if that's, if you're listening, you're like, I wanna check this thing out, go to honeybook.com slash rising tide, check us out. We have hundreds of locations, it's free. You don't have to pay a darn thing. You can just pop in, show up, meet people. Um, and event professionals are a huge component of our community, so you'll be alongside so many others. You know, But even then, if you go to a rising tide meetup and you're like, I like it, but it's not what I need. Never be afraid to create your own community. Never be afraid to be the first one to say, hey, I want to do something. You know, I'm going to plan an event or I'm going to start hosting meetups because it really does make a difference. And I just I hope you succeed. If you if you ever need anything, as a side note, my last thing I'll add here, never hesitate to reach out. You can find me all places on the Internet, just at Natalie Frank. Shoot me a DM. Let me know you heard about this on the podcast and tell me what I can do to help you. Tell, tell me what I can do to support you and advocate for you and um, you know that's what I do every single day at Honeybook because I'm I'm championing and fighting for independent businesses. So if there's something I can do for you or for your community, never hesitate to reach out.
0: Amazing. Yeah, is there any you want to plug anywhere else where listeners can find you? Yeah, yeah. So I would say Instagram, TikTok, Um, at Natalie Frank, at HoneyBook, at
2: Rising Tide Society, all the things, they all exist. Um, you know, and then at events, like I'm at a lot of events in the upcoming months. So maybe our paths will cross at a trade show or, you know, like at, at a conference, you never know. I pop into Vegas every once in a while for like WPBI. So um, I'd love to connect in real life too.
0: Yeah, that would be amazing. Thank you so much, Natalie. It's been amazing having you and we appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And that brings us to our bonus tip for this episode. Mary, you have our bonus tip this week. Yes, my bonus tip.
1: Um, as you know, sometimes our bonus tips have nothing to do with the episode, they're just kind of little quick tips. So, as you know, Logan and I love tools and tech, we love to try things out. Um, there are so many wonderful ones out there. So one of the ones that you can look into is Airtable. Logan and I are on a project right now and they use Airtable and we use it to collaborate on items that have been procured for an auction. I've also been a part of it being used for um, speaker management. There's been like 500 speakers for an event and we all collaborate on that space about all the information about the speakers. So it can be a useful cloud collaboration service. And so feel free
0: to check it out and we will link it in the show notes. Yeah. I feel like it's Google sheets, but smarter. Yeah. Like it talks to itself more. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you, Mary. And that brings us to the end of our episode. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at better events pod. You can send us an email at better events pod at gmail.com. And as always, we appreciate you for listening and we'll be back in your feeds again next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.